Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Silver and Black Flashback with your host, author of the Raiders Encyclopedia, Rich Schmelter. As always, thanks so much, Murph. I am so proud to be a part of this great show and bring back great stories about the greatest damn sports organization in American history. Hell yeah, that is our beloved Raiders. And I am also proud to be part of Raider Nation. Can I get another hell yeah? Okay, Raider Nation. Let's get to it with another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. After being the American Football League's worst team at the beginning of the 1960s, by the end of the decade, the Raiders were a powerhouse. Built on the vision set by Al Davis upon his arrival to the organization in 1963, the Raiders bulldozed their way through regular season opponents with a passing attack that rang up points and stats at a steady pace. On the other side of the ball, the defense, going by the nickname of the 11 Angry Men, terrorized opposing offenses. For three years, from 1967 through 1969, the Raiders posted a near-perfect 37-4-1 regular season record through intimidation and domination. Yes, they were brutal on opponents and beautiful to watch. Yet, it took a sweet Swiss orphan girl to bring them down. What the hell? Yep, you heard it right. A little Swiss girl took down the badasses in silver and black. Well, that's it for another episode of Silver and Black Flashback. I'm just kidding, folks. I wouldn't leave you hang like that. Here is the story behind one of the strangest yet exciting games in not only Raiders history, but in all of professional football history as well. November 17th, 1968 will forever be remembered in Raiders history as the Heidi game. It wasn't the Super Bowl, but this game between the Oakland Raiders and New York Jets might just be remembered more vividly than many of those played for a championship. The Jets and Raiders were two of the top teams in the American Football League during the 1968 season. The Raiders, defending champions of the American Football League, came into this game at the Oakland Coliseum with a record of 7-2 after three straight convincing wins but they still needed a victory to stay in contention for the Western Division crown, along with their fierce rivals, the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers, both of whom also posted 7-2 and records. The reigning most valuable player of the AFL, quarterback Darrell the Mad Bomber LaMonica, came into this game hampered by back spasms. One week earlier, 41-year-old George Blanda came on to replace LaMonica and led the Raiders to a 43-7 mauling over the Denver Broncos with 295 yards passing and four touchdowns. To confuse the Jets' coaching staff, the Raiders did not release any information about who would start at quarterback. Would it be Blanda or LaMonica? Oh, the drama. Well, no suspense here. It wound up being LaMonica that got the start. The Jets also had a 7-2 record, which was the best start that they had in their first nine seasons, and they owned a three-and-a-half game lead over the Houston Oilers in the Eastern Division with five games left in the regular season. 
A win over the Raiders would put them really close of at least a tie for the Eastern Division title. Now, the Raiders' rivalry with the Kansas City Chiefs is legendary, but in the late 1960s, the New York Jets were added to that list as well due to the battles between the Jets' superstar, big-money playboy quarterback, Joe Willie Namath, and the punishing Oakland defense of the 11 Angry Men. Now, here's a spoiler alert, Raider Nation. The 11 Angry Men are going to be featured on Silver and Black Flashback really soon. But for now, let's get back to this episode. Namath suffered a fractured jaw against the punishing Oakland defense in 1967. It seemed that the Raiders' defense loved to punish Joe Namath, especially massive defensive end Ben Davidson, whose personal conflicts with a fun-loving Namath became that of legend. However, never think for one moment that Namath was all fun and games, for he was also a highly skilled professional that played just as hard on the field as he did off of it. That image of Namath suffering his fractured jaw with Davidson flying through the air after the injury was framed and hung in Raider headquarters at the top of the stairs leading up to the coaching staff's offices. To keep up with the torment of Namath was none other than the Raiders' patriarch of domination and intimidation, the legend himself, Mr. Al Davis. The night before the game, Davis just happened to be at the Jets' hotel and saw Namath. Davis was a huge fan of Namath's, but he told the star quarterback that some of his team's defensive unit did not feel the same way. In fact, Davis told him that they were out to get him, but did not mention any names. He told Namath that he better be careful. Oh, the great crafty Mr. Davis was truly a master of intimidation, don't you think? As expected, all the hype for this game lived up to the expectations, and it was close and very exciting with the eight-point favorite Raiders getting 437 yards of offensive production and the Jets 413 yards on an afternoon that had seven lead changes. And both of the league's premier passers, LaMonica and Namath, lived up to their star billing. LaMonica connected on 21 of 34 passes for 311 yards and four touchdowns, while Namath lit up the skies for 381 yards on 19 out of 37 attempts and one touchdown. Not only did the offenses ring up statistics, but the Jets also set a team record with 13 penalties for 145 yards, including five for grabbing at face masks. The Raiders did their part in the penalty department as well, getting called for six infractions that cost them 93 yards. The Jets got out to a 6-0 lead in the first quarter on a pair of Jim Turner field goals. LaMonica teamed up with Warren Wells for a nine-yard scoring toss to tie the game, and George Blanda's extra point gave Oakland a one-point lead at the end of the first quarter. With only one minute and 30 seconds expired in the second quarter, the Raiders struck again, this time with Daryl Monica connecting with Billy Cannon on a 48-yard touchdown and Blandis' conversion extended the Raiders' lead to 14-6. With five seconds remaining in the first half, Namath scored on a touchdown run from the one-yard line. The Jets attempted to tie the game with a two-point conversion, but Babe Pirelli's pass fell incomplete, and the Raiders took a 14-12 lead into the second half. At this point, the game started to run behind schedule due to numerous penalties and injury timeouts throughout the first half. The Jets took a 19-14 lead midway through the third quarter when Bill Mathias scored on a sweep to the left side of the field from four yards out, and Turner added the extra point. Undaunted, the Raiders answered with an 80-yard drive, capped off by running back Charlie Smith's three-yard run. 
The Raiders opted to go for the two-point conversion, and Daryl LaMonica passed to Hubert Dixon to put the Raiders up 22-19. That touchdown by Smith was set up by an unsportsmanlike penalty on New York's strong safety Jim Hudson. He was called for grabbing Dixon's face mask. Dixon later admitted that Hudson did not grab his face mask. Instead, his arm was under Dixon's chin, but an official did not see it that way and threw a penalty flag. Hudson obviously knew he was innocent of the infraction, and with tempers flared, both Dixon and Hudson started shouting at each other. More flags flew, and then Hudson started yelling at the official. Bad idea. For all that did was bring another unsportsmanlike penalty on Hudson and got him ejected from the game. But as he was being escorted off the field, Hudson decided to give the finger to the 53,318 in attendance. Ah, yes, the good old middle finger salute. The yards given to the Raiders due to the penalties placed the ball on the New York three and Smith scored on the next play. The Raiders looked to expand on their three-point lead early in the fourth quarter, but after driving to the New York five-yard line, Smith fumbled and linebacker Jerry Philbin recovered for the Jets. Namath immediately took advantage of the costly turnover. He first connected with receiver Don Maynard at midfield, and then once again on the following play for a 50-yard touchdown, and after Turner's conversion, the Jets led 26-22. Maynard had a career day with 10 catches for 228 yards, and that touchdown pass snapped a six-game streak in which Joe Namath failed to throw for a score. Jim Turner extended the New York lead to 29-22 a short time later with a 22-yard field goal. LaMonica brought Oakland back quickly with a 22-yard touchdown strike to Fred Belitnikoff, who finished the game with seven receptions for 120 yards. George Blanda's extra point then made it a 29-29 deadlock. With 105 left in the game, the Jets went back on top, 32-29, on Turner's fourth field goal of the day. This was also his 28th three-pointer of the season, which tied an NFL record. Now a few plays after the ensuing kickoff, Charlie Smith took a short pass and covered 21 yards. Another face mask penalty took the Raiders to the New York 43 with momentum on their side and a mere 50 seconds left on the clock. Now at this time, with Oakland driving for a possible tie or win in such a crucial game late in the fourth quarter, the NBC network went to a break. After coming back from that commercial break, it was 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and the game was running well over schedule. Instead of going back to the Oakland Coliseum and informing the viewing audience that there would be a delay in the evening's programming schedule due to the game running longer than expected, the network started showing the movie Heidi, which was set to begin at 7 p.m. The movie was sponsored by Timex, the watch manufacturers. Now, if a product that relies on being on time is backing a show, it better damn well start on time, right? Plus, Timex laid down $700,000 to sponsor the broadcast, a huge amount of money at the time, and made it abundantly clear to NBC executives that Heidi must start on time. The company also boasted that Timex keeps a licking and keeps on ticking. Hey, these folks just didn't talk the talk, but definitely walked the walk, improving their product's durability. Those watches faced torture tests from paint mixers, jackhammers, washing machines, just to name a few. Yet they came out of the experience still working. All fine and dandy, 
but those torture tests were nothing compared to enraged football fans from coast to coast. It was brutal, folks. Within minutes of seeing Heidi on their screen, the football viewing public from coast to coast bolted to their phones and flooded the NBC studios with complaint calls. Now, even though it was figured out that the game would not end by 7 o'clock, specific orders were given at the last second to continue on with it until it was finished, regardless of how Timex felt about it. But with all the switchboards jammed with angry calls, the order could not be relayed to NBC Studios in Los Angeles in time to get back to the action in Oakland and what went down as one of the greatest finishes in pro football history. When NBC switched over to Heidi, the Raiders were at the New York 43. After the movie came on, LaMonica sent Wells Deep and Balintnikov to the sideline and Smith came out of the backfield and into the zone between Wells and Balintnikov. LaMonica fired a pass to Smith, who was running at full speed when he caught the ball. He then sprinted his way past rookie safety Mike Diamato, who came into the game after Jim Hudson was ejected in the third quarter. Smith's 43-yard catch and run gave LaMonica his fourth touchdown pass of the game, and with Blanda's extra point kick, the Raiders clung to a mere 36-32 lead with 42 seconds remaining. On the ensuing kickoff, New York's Earl Christie received the ball on a bounce and fumbled on his own 12-yard line after being hit hard by Bill Budness. Preston Riddlehuber recovered the ball on the two and went into the end zone for another Oakland touchdown. Blanda's conversion kick made it 43-32, and that was how the Heidi game ended with the Raiders scoring 14 points in just 9 seconds. And by the way, the 11 angry men Oakland defense did sack Namath four times for a loss of 36 yards. Ike Lasseter dropped him twice, and Big Ben Davidson and Dan Birdwell chipped in with one piece. Now the headlines of the New York Daily News the next morning read, New York 32, Oakland 29, and Heidi 14. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo, New York. The Raiders won it, and according to the newspapers, a little Swiss orphan girl scored 14 points. But that piece of trivia will never appear in any official records. But unofficially, way to go, Heidi. It's more points than virtually any of us ever scored in a professional game. Now, the Raiders went on to run the table the rest of the season, finishing with a 12-2 record and riding an eight-game winning streak going into the playoffs. After mauling Kansas City 41-6 in the first round of the AFL playoffs, the Raiders once again faced the Jets, this time for the AFL championship at New York's Shea Stadium. Like the Raiders, the Jets never lost another game that season finished at 11-3, and then beat the Raiders for the AFL championship and pulled off the impossible by beating the very heavily favored Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl III for the AFL's first win against the NFL in Super Bowl history. That amazing win made the game's most valuable player Joe Namath an icon. The Jets were never able to return to the Super Bowl after that despite a few close attempts but the Raiders were just getting started on their incredible rise to being one of the greatest professional football teams over the course of the next 15 years. Jennifer Edwards played the role of Heidi in that infamous version, and even though she was only 10 years old at the time and living in England, hate mail still found their way to her from angry American football fans. Passionate, yes, but crazy nonetheless. After all, the poor little girl had nothing to do with what happened. She did have a chance to meet Joe Namath on an airplane many years after the incident, 
and introduced herself as Heidi. Oh, the laughs the two must have shared on that flight. Also, Edwards was offered a chance to co-star with Namath on an episode of the popular television series The Love Boat in 1977, but it never materialized. Well, there you have it, Raider Nation. The story of how a sweet little Swiss orphan girl found her place in a Raider's lore. Until the next time we meet up, as always, and with pride, I say, love you, Raider Nation! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.